Podcast listeners, it's Michael Anthony St. Clair, your favorite local lender here in the Orlando market, serving absolute home mortgage. And I want to share with you one of the common questions that I get from a lot of first-time home buyers, realtors, and even subsequent buyers, those that are looking to upgrade or even downsize. And the question that I get a lot is, hey Mike, how much cash am I going to need on the day of closing? Now this is important if you're already pre-approved, you already identified which lender you're working with, this is important to know the next steps. So first things first, let's understand or at least differentiate the difference between a down payment and closing costs. Closing costs are going to represent your settlement charges. They cost for doing business, not just with a lender, not just with a title company, but for the transaction itself. In a real estate transaction, there's going to be costs on both sides of the fence, meaning a buyer and a seller is going to have to pay closing costs. How that's negotiated on your contract is completely contingent on the strength of your realtor and also based on the goals of that seller. So if you've already identified what your down payment is, understand that there are a couple different options for down payments. So if you're doing a conventional program and you're a first time home buyer, you have access to a 3% down payment option. Maybe credit is not the best, but you still want a low down payment option. You have FHA, where it only offers a three and a half percent, and in some cases, as low as one and a half percent for down payment. And if you so happen to be a veteran, or at least you're active or reserves, you have access to a zero percent down payment option on VA loans. And then lastly, for those that are outside of the urban areas, more in the rural and agricultural markets, you have access to USDA, where those also offer zero percent down payment. Now it's important, as I mentioned, Down payment is one component. The other component is closing costs. A seller can help or at least choose to help pay a portion of those closing costs, all of the closing costs, or none of the closing costs. A seller cannot help you with your down payment. The down payment has to come from your side of the fence, whether that be gifted funds from a family member uh, or gifted funds from an, an employer or they're just coming from a 401k or savings or checking or IRA. It doesn't matter really where it comes from. Well, it does in the sense of sourcing, but it has to come from your side of the fence. So understanding that you have your down payments and your closing costs are really going to help you set the expectations as far as how much you're going to need. Your down payment, it is what it is. Either you're doing 3%, 3.5%, 5%, 20%, whatever it is. Take that number and jot it on down, right? The closing cost section, as I mentioned before, a seller can pay a portion of them. They can pay all of them or pay none of them at all. And when you're trying to set your expectations, here in the Florida market, closing costs usually run around 3% of the purchase price. It's not to say that it is going to be 3%. It could be a little bit less, but that is a safe number to use because that represents a buyer and a seller's cost associated with that transaction. So how would you know if a seller is going to pay those uh, uh, closing costs? Well, I'll give you a little hint. If you're purchasing a short sale property or foreclosed property, that is a bank owned property and the seller is a bank. In that scenario, the bank is already taking a loss because it's a short sale and foreclosure. So in that scenario, 
more than likely as the buyer, you're going to be picking up all of the closing costs. There's not going to be any help from the seller in, in that instance where you're purchasing from a for sale by owner or just a regular family, regular person selling their home on the market. They typically want to control who the title company is, or at least uh, who's designating the checks when they're dispersed. So when a transaction closes, a title company is the ones who sends all the, the, the checks out so the seller can get paid for selling their home. This is why they choose the title company because they want to be in control of that, in control of that disbursement. When that happens, which that happens around 90% of the time on most uh, purchase transactions, the seller is going to be picking up deed costs. So uh, there's a taxation for transferring the deed from one person to the next. Uh, and it's a set calculation uh, or percentage, but the seller will pick up the cost for that. Typically, they'll also pick up the cost for the settlement charge. This is a cost that a title company would charge um, to a buyer or seller, whoever's picking up that cost. So typically, a, a seller will pick up these things. So if a if closing costs are 3% of the purchase price, typically a, a seller will pick up at least 1% of that. Again, it's not to say that a seller is going to be paying your closing costs. And if you're home shopping with the intent that a seller is going to be paying all of those, I think you're going to be having an uphill battle when it comes to finding the home of your dreams. At least when you're ready to put in offers, uh, you're going to find that it, it, it could get a little sticky for lack of better terminology. Um, but now that you have an idea as far as what your closing costs are going to be as far as percentage, and you have an idea as far as what your down payment is, set your expectations correctly home shop with confidence but home shop under the impression that this seller is not going to be paying anything at all or this seller is going to be paying a very minimal amount you need to have that conversation open and freely with your agent this way they can represent you best and negotiate closing costs if there's room or at least an opportunity to have those paid by the seller so if i'm purchasing a house that's two hundred thousand and I'm a first time home buyer doing a conventional loan with 3% down, my down payment is six grand. And if I'm basing my closing costs off of the 3% model that we spoke about, then that's another six grand that I'm gonna have to come up for, for closing costs. So if I'm shopping for a $200,000 house, I want to have at least 12K in the bank. I'm not saying that I'm gonna be using all 12K, that's not, that's not the smart way of, of buying homes, but it is the smart way of being prepared to buy a home. Having the money in the bank, this way, if anything were to arise, if you need that funds, you can still move forward with the home of your dreams. You don't have to have any setbacks and ultimately lose your investment when it comes to getting into the home. What I mean by that is appraisal costs, inspection costs, and of course, escrow deposits these are funds that you put in advance as a good faith to the seller to let them know that you're a serious buyer so it's a small chunk of the down payment usually around a thousand dollars maybe even two thousand point being is if you get to a certain point in that contract 15 days 20 days into the contract and then you discover that you don't have enough funds to close you're not getting a refund back on your appraisal you're not getting a refund back on your inspection and you could jeopardize losing your escrow deposit, meaning the seller could keep that. So it's it's not a, it's not a fun uh, conversation to have with somebody when their funds are not in order. And how can that ever happen? How does someone get 20 days deep into a purchase contract 
and find out they don't have the funds? It's a great question. Well, that usually happens in two instances. If they're getting a gift from a family member, because you can get a gift for down payment and also closing costs, or they use some of that cash to pay for other things. And in my 14 years that I've been doing business, everyone's lifestyle is different. Things happen, I get it, but those are usually the circumstances that that would happen. So again, before you get under contract, make sure you have an open conversation with your with the lender. Identify where your all your assets are coming from as far as cash to close and including down payment. Have this conversation open openly and freely with your agent in the sense that, hey, I'm going to need help with down payment, or excuse me, I'm going to need help with closing costs. I think we need to negotiate that. And your agent's going to be able to tell you, Hey, this house is getting a lot of uh, a lot of bites, a lot of offers. I don't think they're going to be able to take or they're going to accept our offer. It's not to say that they won't put it in, but I would lean on them for their expertise as far as identifying is this the market to be asking for closing costs or should we wait a little while? Because sometimes that needs to that needs to be the the case. And the last piece I'm going to give you guys as far as uh, being prepared for the cash to close when it comes to buying your dream home, it has to do with the assets. You know, if you have some mattress money, you have like a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, you know, tucked away in the house in a cookie jar underneath the mattress, wherever it may be, understand you cannot use that for a purchase transaction or even a refinance transaction at all. Cash is unsourceable. We don't know where it came from. And anytime you're purchasing a home, you have to follow anti-money laundering guidelines. That's what all lenders and, and bankers have to fall follow and part of that is sourcing where your funds come from so it's important that if you do have mattress money or if you do have cash laying around somewhere or you have a family member that plans on giving you cash to help you buy a house it's important that those funds are deposited into your bank at least 60 days before you get under contract if you get under contract and then someone de decides to deposit those funds into your account or you do it on your own on your own accord, you're going to severely mess up your approval uh, chances. A lender cannot move forward with those assets. So it's important that you have that all squared away uh, when it comes to preparing where the funds and gift funds are gonna be coming from. And if you are saving and maybe you're getting some gift funds from a family member, maybe you're saving about 200 bucks here, 500 bucks there on each check, Whatever your lifestyle may deem, here's one important thing that I think will help you in the long run when it comes to purchasing a home. Open a separate account purely for the purchase of a home, right? So you have your regular checking and savings account, open another one. Put whatever monies that you're gonna be using for a home purchase into that account. Don't charge anything to that account. It's only for deposits only. Only withdrawal, obviously, when we're gonna go buy the house. But you're, you're gonna use that account for the appraisal when you get under contract. You're gonna use that for the inspection when the, the time comes for the inspection. When you're gonna put your escrow deposit, you're gonna use that account. Why is this important? Is because it makes that account clean and very simple for a lender to review. This way it limits any questions that they may have about large deposits that are greater than 25% of your gross income. That's important. If you have any large deposits on your bank statements, there's gonna, those are gonna have to be sourced. And if they can't be sourced, they're gonna have to be backed out. So once again, guys, just it's super important that you have a strategy put together when it comes to not just buying a house, but 
all the ins and outs, knowing exactly where the funds are coming from, which program will allow you to use gift funds, which one doesn't, which one requires for the donor to provide uh, bank statements and what's going to be needed in the event that they give you a check. Like there's all these little ins and outs can delay a closing. And I want you guys to be as prepared as possible. So if you have any questions or if you have any concerns, just feel free to call on in or even shoot us a quick uh, message direct. Our phone number is area code 321-593-3505. You can always catch us there direct. Hopefully this information serves you guys well. Please share with any of your friends, family, or even realtor friends that are looking to get into the home of dreams or at least help people get into the home of dreams. This is information that they need to know so that way they don't get caught in a bad position where they ultimately lose getting the home of their dreams. Outside of that, have a great week, guys. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye now.